Hi, I'm Flicky Dennis, me, Alan Smith, for we publish stories out of today's uh, paper on Tuesday, May the 9th. So, uh, it was Ned Dork Express yesterday. Uh, well, one thing was a bunk holiday, but the main thing uh, being, it was uh, pretty uh, feeling crappy. Uh, just like a flu, a stroke, COVID. My, my missus has COVID and she's tested positive over the weekend. I, I checked yesterday, but it was still negative. So, um, and I checked again today, but still feeling absolute rubbish. But anyway, we'll get a two or three stories in and um, hopefully be back to normal more. So, uh, front page paper today is Bowling Club Joy at £1 rent deal with Kunzel. Uh, so, our North East Bowling Club is celebrating sealing a £1 a year deal to rent its ground for Aberdeenshire Kunzel. Uh, Fraserburgh West End has secured the community asset transfer after members were there very proactive in promoting their facility and getting folk involved. The club has signed a 99-year lease covering the bowling green on and land in which its club who sits. Uh, bowlers had already taken on maintenance of the grounds for the council. Uh, a local authority committee heard that without them stepping in, the green would have been ruined, and that the club, which, shall, well, which will mark its centenary in 2025, is a distinguished sporting organisation. So, there you go now. Councillor James Adams said the club had shown it was capable of taking on the asset. Uh, Fraserburgh West End's John Bryce said the bowlers were delighted. So, well, that seems like a sensible thing to do if um, you know, the council kind of keep uh, up in maintenance and the uh, folks willing to date themselves, then uh, seems like the best way forward for everybody. And, um, you know, I haven't quite reached the age yet for I'm thinking about tucking up bowls, but I don't think it's off a far a lot. No, here's another bit updated to the Learning Arms uh, saga. My, uh, my uh, pub of choice in my, my days of my youth. Um, so villagers mucking themselves heard in pub noise row. So uh, news of the possible closure of the one pub in Turfins has sparked an outpouring of emotion. Villagers dismayed about the potential loss of their only pub have described its owner as a community champion for providing free meals when storms left uh, a lot of folk with power. But there's others who say he's paying the price for repeatedly causing his neighbours sleepless nights. Um, so the Learning Arms, the bar at the heart of the debate, has been part of the square for about 150 years, eh, but following a string of noise complaints from its new upstairs neighbour, management said it could be forced to close imminently. Um, so fresh council sanctions will mean that name music can be played for 11 o'clock on weekends, and high-spirited customers will have to be shushed so their voices aren't heard upstairs. The predicament, eh, they think, could lead to a downturn in trade that finishes off the Learning Arms, so that would just be a disaster. Um, so... Foker, the P&J says, folk are not being quiet about their thoughts on the decision, however. Um, after we revealed the news, scores of folk flooded our social media pages to stress just how much the pub means to their fans. Um, somebody said on Facebook, hailed um, the owner for using the premises to help the community. He wrote, when we had that really bad power cut in the winter that lasted ages, the owner of that pub was feeding all the locals out of his own pocket. We are lucky to have such a thoughtful owner of the business that sells the most amazing food. The best solution would be a compulsory purchase of the complainer's property for the sake of the whole community. Uh, somebody else said, this is so sad, absolutely ridiculous. Well, I think I'd agree with her. The best food you'll find by miles. The owner has been so generous to the community during COVID and other bad weather. Um, I hope the community gets behind them to stop this. 
And another wife, he said, uh, this will impact our community severely. It will be such a loss to the village and the wider community. Uh, for so many, this is our only source of socialization and support network. A public house is the heart and soul of any village. Well, I certainly agree there. However, one local resident spoke up in defense of the family involved in the noise row. Um, so, uh, anonymously, they dim- dismissed suggestions the flat was purchased at a reduced price due to the lack of insulation. Um, they said the relations were initially initially neighborly between the two parties, but they deteriorated when speakers in the bar were upgraded. They said it went for loud music on a Friday and Saturday in a couple of rooms, so very loud music in every room for half past three, four o'clock every day he was open. Uh, the resident said the matter was only escalated when informal attempts to resolve the issues failed. Um, and they said the owner was given chance after chance to comply, but he can't or won't. So, well, two sides to every story, but, um, you know, I would certainly be in the focus when to keep it open side. And, um, you know, like I said before, when we spoke about last week or the week before, if you buy a flat above a pub, you're going to expect some noise. So, it's a very tricky in with them. I can't see they need to have a compulsory purchase unless uh, the community gets together and um, somebody for, is a local and said the pub by the time buys a flat, then that might be the answer. They want to give her monkeys. Now, here's a story about puffins and them um, for you can spot them near you, well, if you buy in Aberdeenshire. Uh, did you can? You can see puffins right here in Aberdeenshire. If you thought you could only see them about the northern Highlands, Orkney, and Shetland, but there's plenty of places to peep at a puffin in the northeast. The charismatic seabirds have recently enjoyed the spotlight in the BBC's Wild Isles Natural History series. Uh, but if you've only ever seen them on the TV, why they mark 2023 the year, you finally see in in real life. Although the red listed species is very rare in Aberdeenshire, there's still a good number of puffin hotspots. Far with the right know-how, you can watch them with relative ease. Aberdeenshire-based birdwatching tour guide and local <coughs> RSPB group chairman David Leslie uh, has revealed the four best places to see a puffin in the area. Uh, he's run his birdwatching business since 2016 and he says the species can be found forever. There are steep cliffs and somewhere to burrow a nest. Uh, here's his top tips for each location. And uh, as a, in brackets here, of course, uh, the regular health and safety thing for uh, stupid folk. Uh, note, please be careful around cliff edges. <coughs> for the folk-higgings, guy about and skipping along the side of cliffs. Anyway, here's in Fowl's Hugh. Um, if people are going to Fowl's Hugh, the best place for them is right at the end of the reserve, near a hide built out of steens. There's a large hole in the cliff opposite the hide that almost looks like a cave. They're often around the moor there. The bullers are bucking. At bullers, you're going to want to look around the top of the cliffs, mainly that's where the nest and you'll often see them standing around outside the burrows. Uh, Troop Heed, uh, there's been a well-serviced path that has been built all the way around. It's got great access and steps up and down. Troop Heed is completely over by gannets, but there are still a few puffins to be seen. Uh, look for an area that's quite shallowly, shallowly sloped and covered in soil. It's near the top of the cliffs, but no near, but nay near the very, very top. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. At Colliston, at Colliston <coughs> the park at the car park north of the harbour, going north of there, it's very steep at the start, but there's a very obvious path going north. You can see the puffins here bobbing about in the water mainly. Um, and he said generally evenings are best to see them, and um, uh, they're normally only close to land towards the end of March into the start of April, 
and they're on land until their chicks fledge in mid-July. So he says May and June would be the best uh, times to see them, really. Um, and it says the RSPB sells entry-level, <laughs> entry-level now, mind you, puffin binoculars for £70, um, which David says will do you great. Uh, <laughs> you'll be greatly done, maybe, for amateur birdwatching of all kinds. Um, or you can just um, put on your super thick glasses like me and you'll probably spot them with them. Anyway, if that's uh, up your street, or you can probably just look at them online, I suppose, or watch a BBC thing if you're going to buy Deberdeen share on But uh, bonnie, bonnie, babies. Now, here's a granite rock of ages at Chelsea. So, this is a granite for Aberdeenshire. We'll make an appearance at the Chelsea Floor Show in London. About 200 uh, metric tons will be used to create South Korean environmental artist uh, Ji He Huang's a litter for a million years past display. The granite has been gathered for a northeast farm rather than quarried. Oh, God, what a task that would be. And the boulders are among the biggest they have been transported to the show starting on May the 22nd for six days. Um, again, my sisters with Biden London there, Mark Keen and others, floor shows. So they'll be able to see a bit of granite from back home. Uh, the garden represents the mother mountain of Korea, a medicinal herbal colony in South Korea. In total, 1,500 plants will be in the crevices of the mini mountain created by the granite. The work is inspired by the Asian countries. Uh, Jiri Mountains. Miss Huang tells the times the rocks represent over two billion years of time. These rocks, which existed before the birth of mankind, have been keeping a certain form of love within them for millions of years. Uh, with little plants and flowers blossoming within the crevices and cracks between the rocks, this love has been illustrated. So, well, with a rare idea, and I bet the farmer was fine pleased to get a get him uh, out his road and they do pick up a few quid along the way with them. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'd be a marvellous thing to see when it's uh, done and organised. And um, this made me a wee bit eh, on uh, in the um, markets we had it up at Huntley, actually. It was a, uh, it was a heck of a lot of tourists. Eh, eh, I think it was Huntley Hearst, actually, in September. And there was this young loon, um, he got in a boot and he come to Stalin, he was boxing something and he was speaking about one. I says, can you find a boot you fair? And he says, oh, um, God, I can't it was like, say, Kentucky or something like that. And um, he says he's been working on a, you know, just working his way around Europe, and he was like in Scotland for a while, and he'd been up in Orkney working on stuff, and then he was come down to Aberdeenshire, and he was working on a firm. And I says, oh, well, there'll be plenty of jobs to keep you going in a firm in Aberdeenshire. He says, you're telling me, he says, there's about a hundred years of rust before we start or anything else. So I think that just about sums it up very nicely. <clears throat> now here's a vintage vehicles, fly the flag on Cornish and run. So uh, some vintage cars, vans and tractors delighted on lookers at the weekend as they set off on a run. More than a dozen vehicles lined up at Bucket and set off for Port Soy on Sunday. I bet that was music to the folk. <laughs> it was um, needing to get for Bucket to Port Soy on Sunday, but um, couldn't get by, but never mind. Uh, the route included a stop in Cullen and visits to Deskford, Sandend, Portese, Portnoke and Fnechte. Many runners would enter the spirit of the coronation, adding flags and bunting to their vehicles. The coronation vintage vehicle run was organised by the Bucket Rotary Club, which will donate the entry fees to MND Scotland and the MS Society Scotland. And there's a buckle photos in uh, some rare all sports cars and, um, you know, it's just no sports cars, it's all cars. And a buckle tractors, here's a, a fine 43,000, very clean and tidy, and they like in it. 
they used to be at home farm learning that's for sure to say get in dubs and um I should gang so meet with Mr. Dubs want to think but um, anyway it seems like they had a good old day and there's plenty uh, union jacks going about in uh, in booking at uh, the weekend and there's folk I like to see how this all cars when they're not kept as well as this now it's um you know a labour I love for a lot of folk and it's uh, great to keep them like this and folk can see you know how much things has progressed but uh, yeah it looks like a rare old day for Abdi so well done to the Rotary Club and uh, just thinking back to after all 43,000 at uh, Lerne, uh, I was mine new at a top speed at 26 mile an hour. It was just rattling when you got up to that speed. But, uh, you know, if he's going to have to have dinner or something, if they'd been out in the park for Julius, was, um, he thought he was actually going at that speed. Um, for a Luna 14 or 15, if there was, anyway. But, um, because the roads was that private, there was nobody to know you. you could come out the parks and up the bray and um, him for your dinner and then the walk back out again and it was um I never forget that twenty six mile an hour top speed. Oh yeah she used to give me a, a row for fleeing on to red like that. Now just finish up with sport as normal, the back page uh, paper day is uh, Dave Cormack as as we were right to be patient. So as says chairman Dave Cormack believes Aberdeen have been rewarded for being patient with manager Barry Robson, leading them towards European feedback. Uh, with just four Premiership fixtures left, the Dons are sitting third on the table, five points clear ahead. So, um, yes, it's uh, all to play for us last couple of games, and, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they'll surely um, may throw it a one out. It's been a tremendous run, so fingers crossed they can uh, just get over the finishing line. But a great achievement by Barry Robson. And I'm just saying for a great appointment, he and Steve Agnew. Um, uh, aside him, um, definitely been a you know, I mean, a big help to him, I think. So, anyway, here's a good luck for the next couple of games, and um, we can finish that other than Europe, which has been a name bad season ever. So, come on, Aberdeen. Now, as we done for the announcement, we book list of reserve days, present journal, on uh, Tuesday, 9th of May, 2023. And, um, if, if we're going to do the date, we've turned out, you know, it wasn't too bad in the morning, and in fact, the sun was trying to come out, and when it did, it was, it was actually quite warm, but, um, the clouds was never far away in the middle afternoon, it came on rain and it hasn't stopped yet and that's about, about 7 o'clock now or something, half past 6. Um, it's been raining for about 3-4 hours non-stop, so uh, back to square one I think. But anyway, uh, thanks very much for listening to this podcast now, hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you did, please uh, tell somebody else about it so that we can get a couple more folk listening to the Doric Express. And um, you, mean you can follow us on Spotify now and um, makes it fine and easy to never miss a, an episode if that's, um, <laughs> if that's your thing uh, in the meantime thanks very much cheers now toodaloo